is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, a spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about using magic and energy healing as we bravely embrace the full range of the human experience. Hello. Hello, welcome. Welcome to another week of Scorpio season. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah, was... So, what? Oh, I was going to say, how are you? See, Natasha mm-hmm. didn't tell me before the podcast. So I was like, how are you doing? And she's like, well, you'll see. <laughs> Is so that I'm what just... I said? <laughs> I don't remember Yeah, she asked me that. how I was doing, and I told her, and then I asked her how she was, and she was like, well, you'll see during w- the podcast. I said... Is that what I said? I thought I said I'll <laughs> save it for the podcast. Well, regardless, <laughs> it's only because we were a little late. I would have told you, but we have to make sure we're ready for our guest because right, we right. record... Yes our show first and then the guest after and but so. i mean the fact remains i'm curious how you're doing the fact remains <laughs> well what is where our cards last week let's all oh, right <laughs> so last week we drew you drew the death card from the journey oh tarot and which is aligned with scorpio and mm-hmm. then i drew partnership and it went from the magic of flowers oracle and the message that stood out to me was like about being honest and maybe wow. like clearing away stuff that hasn't been spoken jesus as my <laughs> daughter used to say jesus christ oh that's so cute isn't that cute when she has a baby not even a baby like until she was like eight or something Adorable. jesus christ <laughs> She still uh, yeah. likes to put extra syllables into things, um, which reminds me, I do want to take a slight detour. Have you seen Santa Clarita Diet with no. Timothy No, I mean, Oliphant? I know about it. Is it good? Should I oh watch it? Oh, my God. I love it. Oh. Yes. It's Drew Barrymore, who I do, I actually love in this. And I think she was probably a nice person, too. But at first, like, she does have a strong California accent that sometimes even as a California person, takes me out of it, you know? Oh, is it not set in California? It is. But it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It feels it's like... too much? It feels like it takes away... It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a prejudice of mine because I'm actually from New York people. I but, mean, it's named after a California town. I know, I know. Realizing. It's silly. I, I'm sorry. I love Drew. I don't want to be mean to Drew. Anyway, the point being, I love it, and I actually, and she's great in it, but especially great in it is Timothy Oliphant, who is so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Anyway, I really... I only know about him because he was a guest on Conan. That's oh. on, on Conan's podcast. When? Recently. In that... What's that? Recently. No, not recently. Oh, a long okay. time ago. And that's the only thing I know him from. But oh. I was laughing until I cried. I was like, oh. I don't know what this person is, but this is hilarious. Oh, I have to go back and listen to that because this, <laughs> it is unbelievably, it is so funny. And there's a kid in it, this kid, he's probably now like in his mid 20s, but he plays a high school kid um, who is equally so funny. Anyway, we're rewatching it with the kid. Brett and I had watched it and now we're watching it with the kids. Um. And it's, well, my kids are now teenagers, so it's, yeah. Anyway. It's appropriate. It's a probes. Stop judging Natasha, everybody. <laughs> I like to say it's Jeff Probst when I say appropriate. It turns into a probes, and then it turns into Jeff Probst. I don't know what any of that means. You don't know what Jeff Pro- who Jeff Probst is? 
I also don't know what why props would be a thing to say. Well, because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about either of those things. I said appropriate. <laughs> And then I oh, shortened it to a nickname for appropriate. That's All right. right. And then and then <laughs> I assume Jeff Probes is a person that most he's people the, know, but he's I don't. He's the um, host of Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense that I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was a long way to explain that situation. Anyway, so sorry, people. But if you watch it, I think you'll thank me because it's really great. Okay, so basically everything you said about those cards, that's what happened to me this week. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was so aligned. I feel so aligned with the astrology, which considering it's some of the most difficult astrology we've had all year, I don't know if that's a good thing, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not experiencing anything. Mm. Not, no, I don't feel like, oh, this is so crazy and hard. I'm not. What about that. Ted? Because he's a Scorpio. Oh, well, he, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's going through a little bit of a patch because he has some songs coming out on a big album soon. And Ooh, he's just, I mean, he's been hard. working on this, like getting songs on this particular album for a long time. And it's like, I mean, you yeah. know how I get nervous before a book comes out. This is like multiplied. It's really, yeah, it's a whole deal for him. I wonder, and his astrology, which... I mean, I wonder what house it's in. If I could pull that up easily, I would. But what's what's his rising sign? Oh, it's his Scorpio. first house. Oh, yeah. So it's all about his identity. And Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. Wow. I mean, because like his career, he just like, he has been working so hard on his music career for his whole life like, yeah. since he was in high school. Yeah. He, you know, like this is, I mean, yeah. he's just so focused on it and yeah. it's, so yeah, it's a yeah. big wow. Big deal. Well, yeah, it'll bring up a lot of whatever is ready to be pulled. Just like you said about relationships, only like for him that would be relationship to himself because it's the first yeah. house. And Scorpio is transformation. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's yeah, which is heavy. really aligned with both the cards that we pulled. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, for me, I guess what I'm saying here. So I am teaching for the first time my energy healing class at starts actually today if you're listening today um and it's not live even or anything I pre-recorded it but I started to have this kind of well I'm trying to figure out how to say this quickly it's like basically a crisis over like <laughs> oh my god like am I even allowed to teach this stuff like oh, who's, wow. who does it even belong maybe it doesn't belong to me maybe like when I learned it 20 years ago it belongs to those people oh. and I'm gonna get in trouble and I'm gonna get called out as being a fraud like just all of the stuff that all the stuff oh, so much it's super heavy and the thing is like it's not I'm I'm not like logically everyone I talked to they're like okay no you know it's yeah that you have a right to teach this and it's also years like I've changed it over the years but even if I haven't nobody invented auras or like they just are you know right like nobody invented rounding core I'm not stealing anything but that's what it felt like like I'm a liar I'm a stealer I'm a oh it's really heavy and what I realized was you know, of course, everything comes back to my mother, my upbringing, because she was a very, um, you know, dominant, scary to me as a child person. And 
what it was actually very good because underneath it I realized like I'm always kind of waiting to be revealed as being a terrible shameful person Mm. and that it's just a matter of time before it's found out the other shoe's gonna drop and somebody's gonna get really mad at me like really really mad and it's all just gonna go away something it's Mm -hmm. gonna be revealed and I'm and I'm going to be like I guess obliterated (laughs) (laughs) and what's so fucking interesting to me about astrology is my the Scorpio thing is all happening in the ninth house which is about teaching and education and learning and your beliefs and all of that so it was like very aligned but yeah I mean I did a bunch of inner of you know inner child work and I'm going to talk in the energy report because I don't think I'm alone in terms well I know I'm not alone and I'll talk about it in the energy report but um yeah it's just it was challenging (laughs) and the other I was listening actually to Bethany Webster who wrote the book um actually have it here the inner mother discovering the inner mother Mm -hmm. um and she does a lot of inner child work as well and in in her parts work um and she actually has this thing coming out right now about the inner teenager. And she was talking about shame, how like when you're raised with narcissists, which we're today, we're going to be talking to an expert on that, Dr. Ingrid Clayton. So that's going to be exciting. Fascinating. Yeah. Um. So anyway, she was saying that we, you know, kids, this is like a, not a new concept, but have to blame themselves, right? If oh, they right. have, mm-hmm. you know, bad parents or you know self-centered parents immature because it feels like too unsafe to think like oh this person might not be taking care of me very well right exactly so you have to blame yourself it gives you a sense of control but what I hadn't thought about that she mentioned was shame actually gives you hope when you're a child because it's like if okay if I can feel ashamed of myself then I mean not that this is conscious but then there's some hope that I can that I'm not that I can figure this out, that I'm not alone in, like, not not alone, but, like, it's not my mom's fault. It's, like, this hopeful state, which I And, like, about. well, I can see that because I feel like I always, my brother points out, I, I always am, like, criticizing my past self. Like, oh, I didn't know anything right. then. I'm so much more evolved now. And I've been like that yeah. since I was little. And I think yeah. it is, like, it's, like, hope. It's, like, well, yeah, like, it's, like, um, oh, I'm improving. Yeah. I have improved. Yeah. I must be improving if I can look back at that and feel ashamed of it. Mm. That's the feeling. Yeah, right. This, I've been like extra, extra the last couple months, I would say, of going back to different ages I'm ashamed of and just loving that part so much. And also like imagining I'm physically going back into the actual physical spaces that I Uh was in and like confronting people or just being like you know what I've got your back to that age and like I'm gonna tell these people like you know what you you're go away like it's not okay you're all actually all of you are wrong right um which I know it sounds like I'm not taking responsibility but I don't know like when you are in this kind of a when you have been taught to be ashamed of yourself, you often you're going to attract 
people you're going to feel like you're only worthy of people who aren't very good to you well and the inner child needs someone to defend her from that situation it's like remedying the Mm -hmm. situation in your memory yeah and i'm not saying i didn't do anything wrong of course but just in the situations where i felt like oh boy i know people were not kind to me i go back and i'm like hey no yeah yeah cool yeah so maybe you want to do that with some of those parts if you're oh still yeah i feeling. do i oh, mean good. i haven't i feel like yeah lately i've been really just like you know what i was doing the best i could i'm evolving i i'm yeah. learning and growing and changing but you know yeah and yeah. and then i sometimes still feel ashamed but i feel mm-hmm. like i um i've been really kind of moving into that a lot more like letting it be there and yeah. feeling compassion for myself yeah god you know we're just all doing the best we can like if we can all just be kinder to ourselves yeah I mean like even like with my mother for instance if she had been kinder to herself oh my god she would have been a lot nicer yeah I think she kind of did let herself off the hook but that's different than really being kind to yourself yeah you know what I mean like narcissists don't take responsibility they're like whatever like I you know it's fine they aren't you might not say, oh, they're they're um, being hard on themselves, but truly they are because they aren't really taking it in. Well, um, yeah. I mean, being a narcissist seems like it would be very hard, actually. It is. You can, I, I, w- I heard or read at some point, about, I think it was in Psychology Today, actually, like years ago, about how um, depression and narcissism are really tied because... Mm. And on some level, a narcissist knows that they can't really live up to yes, those their idea of yeah, how much better they are than everybody. Like, which is why, for example, oh, let's just say a narcissist that I know knew very well <laughs> <laughs> uh, was very shy of going out and being seen because, mm. I mean, I think because she didn't want people to see judge her. Yeah. To see, like, a being that wasn't as great as she wanted to be. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, that's the opposite of vulnerability, which is what allows you to connect with people. Yeah. Well, maybe Dr. Clayton Ingrid will want to talk, will talk about this. But, I mean, for me, what I've realized more and more, especially in energy healing, when I'm looking at people, and I've had narcissistic clients and looking at them what I really see is like there's so many rules set up for how you can behave what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable Uh and I think that part is the most painful part of having narcissism because it's like oh they can't you know you can't look a certain way you can't not look a certain way there's just so many rules and it's very exhausting I mean I know that because then of course they put that on their children (laughs) right (laughs) because you criticize other people and then of course on some level yeah that's because you're doing that to yourself on all the levels yeah 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 but very hard I wanted to say, though, about your feeling of vulnerability with the energy healing, that it does sound like you're doing something you really care about, though. When yeah. that kind of stuff comes up, it's like yeah. how Brene Brown talks about the vulnerability hangover. That is actually a good sign because it means like, oh, I'm doing something that matters to me. And I am. Yeah. there's something really vulnerable about it because I 
want to offer it. I want to be seen in this way. So it's yeah. good. Yeah, it is good. It definitely is good. Thank you. For... But it's painful. It has been painful. Yeah, it was just hard when I felt like, oh, God, I shouldn't be. But it's that whole feeling. I wonder if you grew up feeling that way, like you're always going to get in trouble. Did you ever feel that? No. Oh, I didn't really have that. Yeah, Oof. not, not it, like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought mm. you did in the sense of like, you always felt like you were a bad friend or a bad mom. Yeah, no, mom. yes, like every <laughs> month or daughter. so. It was like, my mom was like, oh, you're my best friend. You're the best person. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. And then once a month or so, it would be like, why don't you, why are you so mean to me? Why do you, why don't you like care about my feelings? And then she would cry. And then it would be uh, like, I would just feel like, what, what did I do? What did I say? And then oh, I couldn't defend I myself and I had to end up groveling and uh, saying, oh, I see you're right. Oh, I am a bad person. So now whenever like when Ted feels jealous because he's a Scorpio, you know, if he feels even a little bit jealous, then I will sometimes often <laughs> I hope I'm getting like better. But I'll, yeah. what's that? You'll feel like a bad partner. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'm such. A, oh, man. How? Why did I make you feel jealous? It's like something I couldn't have even controlled. Uh, it's just a feeling that he's having. Yeah. But I just like immediate and in a, like it can come up with anyone I really love. It's like, oh, why? Why am I not being a better yeah. sister I mean yeah. that's kind of more of the thing for me not that I'm going to get in trouble but that I'm going to it's going to be revealed that I'm not like taking care of somebody's emotions correctly yeah that it is similar only with my mom it was anger not sadness mm-hmm. it was like very like and rejection and cold and turning off and like I come on like I had no idea what I did so I guess to me it felt like trouble but it's the same thing oh I'm not doing it right I'm bad I'm shameful once again there's something I did that I don't I I must be so bad because I can't even detect how to not do that in the future and then I would start to try I had for very I mean I want to say even until like a few months ago I had this nagging feeling like I'd wake up with this feeling of I'm I don't know what it is I can't figure it out but there's something I'm I should be ashamed of like I'm not good enough like there's something shameful that such a bad feeling but I thankfully if I think that's I think that's gone with the inner child work anyway all right okay so I would like you guys to know that my planner, the uh, 2000 or 2022 Your Most Magical Year Yet Planner is now available on Amazon. You can also find it on my website in the shop, which is TessWhitehurst.com. Or you could just go to Amazon and put in 2022 Tess Whitehurst. And this is my full color planner that I co-create with my friend Jennifer Joy. She does original poetry for every month and graphics and there's journaling pages and coloring pages and it's really fun it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and actually this is like the fifth fourth or fifth one or something but I really love these planners I I use them personally I think you'll love them yeah they are really great if you love a planner you'll love this one yeah um, and for me, I'll just say sign up for my newsletter. You know, you'll get three great um, energy healing meditations and you'll hear from me. If you like me, sign on up for it. If you don't, <laughs> you probably won't like my newsletter. So I would not sign up for it. 
<laughs> um, so you can go to highestlighthealing.com and I think it's at the bottom on there. By the way, oh, also, you know what? Goddess Provisions box is, for me, one of my favorite parts of the month. I love it. I love everything that we get on there. I mean, there's like five or six full-sized items. There's like, I mean, I just, what are they? There's a beautiful like wall. We, this month there was like this engraved moon um, with a per, and like a purple amethyst looking crystal that you can put on your window and have it reflect and there's incense holders, crystals, so many great things. So if you sign up for it, we get a little portion and it helps support the show. So we really appreciate it. And they're vegan and cruelty-free and planted-free for every box sold. So you can go to our website, magicmoneypodcast.com to get one. I, I have just, a question for you. Great. Are you holding a miniature deer? Well, I was just going to talk about it. <laughs> it's a reindeer. <laughs> I was just going to really say cute. that. I'm sorry to say for Tess, who doesn't like the holidays, I just. I, what? I, I don't dislike the holidays. What? This well, is new information. I mean, I do have some issues with holidays, but I like decorating for the holidays. I just don't want to do it in November. You like decorating for the holidays? Well, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're allowed to not like the holidays, Tess. It's really okay. I if mean, you don't like them, it's okay. I kind of like them. I don't. <laughs> I just feel like it's too simple to say I don't like the holidays. Okay. It's nuanced. Yeah. Got it. Well, <laughs> for all your nuance, I am full-fledged into it. Ugh. I mean, like I'm watching Lifetime Christmas movies. They even have right, a couple gay see, ones. Oh yeah. No. Let I me tell November you something. November is too soon. For November first. I'm no. like, I claim that's, it now. That's I, one sixth of the year. That one out of every six God. days for you and it's is too, Christmas. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, too much. For you. <laughs> for me, it's joy. It's like it's all going to be gone too fast. I'm already so upset that it's November 12th when we record this. It's just, I love it. So I was just going to show you this cute little reindeer that I got. And I can't wait to put up my little Christmas tree here. I'm going to very soon and um especially since the pandemic i just want to bring in that joy that i feel you know i told brett the other day they could sell me a holiday oil change if you put holiday in front of something really? i want it oh. <laughs> if they were like holiday oil change i'd be like where what how do i <laughs> i don't care i don't need it how do i get it <laughs> Oh my god, you are so funny. <laughs> yeah. Anything anything holiday. I I run towards. <laughs> I put I did decorate for um Halloween for Samhain and mm -hmm. I have some skulls. So like apples and skulls and pumpkins. That's nice. And it was a little like I was like is this clutter? But oh, I liked yeah. it, so I left it. It just did very few things. This clutter. But, <laughs> but um, I have left. Like usually, I would take the skulls down for November and leave mm -hmm. up like the apples and pumpkins. But mm -hmm. I wanted the skulls. I was like, November, there should be skulls. This is a whole month of mm -hmm. 
celebrate. It's Scorpio mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. It's like the mm-hmm. and winter just shows up here in November. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, but yeah, you no, should. Not- there's the only should is you do what feels good. Right. And for right. me, the holidays feel good. Yeah, truly. Ted is always like, we should decorate I for know. Christmas on Thanksgiving. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. on. December 1st, but then we na- we compromise and do the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. But I don't like it, but okay. <laughs> I remember <laughs> one year you saying that you were decorating for the... This is what I'm remembering, is you were decorating for the holidays. I think it was on Thanksgiving or something like that. And you were like, Ugh, the whole time. And I remember feeling a little sad for Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ted. Just I know he, he didn't loves get. it. He loves Christmas. Yeah, he me just too. loves the decorating and then everything. But it's just I mean, okay, it's okay in small doses, but mm-hmm. just like two months of Christmas carols. <laughs> come on. I don't listen okay. to Christmas carols, but I do listen to um uh folksy Christmas music, etc. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's just an example that it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, to me, it's like eating cupcakes for every meal. It's like, great. it's okay a little bit. Oh, I'll eat not... cupcakes every meal. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay. Well, all right. All so right. now, w- back to uh, the part of the podcast where we talk about that you can call us. We'd love for you to call oh, us and yes. ask us a question. Mm-hmm. The number, Natasha will Oh, oh, it's 828 That time I was shooting the threes at Yeah, you. the threes three, three, three. personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, <laughs> you can also email us a question at our website, which is magicmondaypodcast.com, and click on Ask a Question. Or you can email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail.com. And also, we would be so grateful if you would write us a review. Uh, we got just so much. The la- I mean, all of them. We love all the reviews. But Tess posted our latest one. Um, and all of them. I don't want to single anyone out. They're so great. We really appreciate them. Yeah, but this last one that we got, it really was like, wow. This is, oh, but we're it's, doing. But they're all is... perfect. Don't let's not single it out. They're all perfect. Say, I felt you I read it particular. and I felt like, hey, we're doing what we wanted to do here, yeah. and it I, felt good. In in everybody's defense, I will say I feel like you do say that every time. Like you're like, oh, this one is so oh, great. That's so, fair. that's likely. Yeah. So it's yeah. You're all you're all doing great. <laughs> yeah, and it helps us to get. Uh, it helps people to see our podcast and then listen to it, but it also helps us to be like, oh, we're doing what we want to do yeah. when we record the podcast, which is a great feeling. So thank you. It is. Um, but all that said, we are going to save our question for next week. Questions for next week. So um, send them in. Um, okay. Okay. So this week we have on, um, well, I just want to say real quick, I met, quote unquote, Ingrid on um, Instagram because she posts a lot of, um, well, she was commenting on my posts about um, when I'm posting about narcissism and gaslighting and stuff like that. And then I went over to her page and I was like, oh my gosh, she's, everything she was saying, I was like, this is really helpful and um, I just thought that our listeners would really love to hear from her 
So Dr. Ingrid Clayton is a licensed clinical psychologist with a private practice in Los Angeles. She is a regular contributor to Psychology Today and Positively Positive. And here is our interview with her. Okay, so we are here with Dr. Ingrid Clayton. Thank you so much for being here, Ingrid. We appreciate it. Um, so we want, I know of you from Instagram, we started chatting that way. And um, I wanted to have you on because Tess and I, you talk a lot on there about, um, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me, um, kind of recovering from narcissistic um, relationships and um and you're a therapist or a psychologist and mm-hmm. you have that perspective and Tess and I both have narcissistic mothers. Well, mine is no longer with us, but she was. And mine is and, no longer um, with me. Oh, but she's alive. <laughs> she's alive, body. but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and so I wanted you to just I thought our listeners would love to hear from you. And another part of it is just how you talk on there about how you have a lot of, how you have degrees. You got a lot of degrees because you thought that it might heal you, I think is how you put it. And you found that not to be true. So I would love for you to talk about that. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with both of you. Um, I really appreciate your perspective and the way we took a moment to have a little prayer and breath beforehand. It's just so beautiful. So thank you for having me here and setting that space. Yeah. yeah, So let's see. So I am a clinical psychologist. Um, I am a trauma therapist. So I work with EMDR and somatic experiencing, and Mm. I've been doing that for a while now. And, um, yeah, funnily or not so funnily, I don't know, depending on the day, I can have a sense of humor about it or be in deep grief about it. Mm. All of these things that I have done my entire life since, you know, I was 16, seeking out school counselors and therapists. I mean, I can't tell you how many therapists I've seen over the years. Um, I got sober when I was 21 years old, about 13 days after I was a legal drinker, I was done drinking. Mm. Um, and I've been sober now for 26 years. And, um, I, that led to other 12 step programs where I looked at codependency and, um, yeah, relationships to all kinds of either obsessive, compulsive, you know, you name it, I probably identify with it to some Mm -hmm. degree. And somewhere along the way, after pursuing um, music, I was originally a singer songwriter, I went back to school in sobriety and um, pursued psychology. So it took me 12 years in five schools to finish my undergraduate degree, but I did that. Oh, wow. That's inspiring. Yeah. Well, I thought I never really would. Mm -hmm. I I genuinely didn't think I was that smart. I um, Mm. wasn't sure that I was capable really. Mm. But then when I finished my undergraduate degree, I kind of got the bug and I was like, oh, I think I want to keep going. And so I started my master's program. And then I realized the only reason I wasn't doing my PhD is because I still thought I couldn't do it. And when I realized that I was like, oh gosh, well now I got to go and do it Mm -hmm. because I need to prove to myself that I can. Yeah. 
And um, I love my career. I love my field. I love working with my individual clients. I've been in private practice for a really long time now. Um, but none of those degrees or additional trainings or even sitting with my clients all day allowed me to recognize that I was pursuing all of that stuff with just this deep belief that I was broken. Mm -hmm. And when I went and did all of those things and it still didn't fix it, I mean, it was like, what is really wrong? It just reinforced that idea mm -hmm. that I was sort of sicker than most, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and then should I tell you about the tarot card reading? Yeah, sure. Please. Started. Well, yeah. Yes. But oh. before you do, I am curious, do you, would you mind sharing about your story or your trauma? Like what, what, um, what you went yes. through? Yes. So, well, let me start with the tarot card. Cause honestly, that's the way that I've even found out. But okay, yeah. Great. okay. Yeah. Sounds so, good. So this was maybe five years ago. Um, I wanted to have another baby and I had my first son right under the wire before, uh, I turned 41. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, is it possible? Are we going to be able to? And, um, meanwhile, I'm working with my clients and I was working with this person who came in and he kept telling me about these amazing calls he was having with this psychic who, in my opinion, was just nailing his experience. Mm. I mean, it was profound. And so I was like, um, give me the number. Like I need to call. <laughs> and I called thinking I wanted to know, like, am I going to have another baby? And of course oh, yeah. right. I asked, and he was like, I'm not so sure about another baby, but you're going to write another book. <clears throat> and I was like, what are you talking about? Cause I published a book in 2011 based on my dissertation research, it's called recovering spirituality. And I looked at spiritual bypass mm. which is a defense mechanism where you use your spiritual ideas and practices to avoid your feeling. Y'all probably know all about that. <clears throat> um, and so I wrote that book, but there's been no other writing on the horizon, like no topic, no nothing. And so yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm here to talk about a baby. <laughs> and Boy, uh, I got to tell you, this is resonant for me when people come to me and they're like, I want to talk about this relationship. And I'm like, well, we could, but I'm seeing a lot of other stuff going yeah. on. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so that is exactly what happened. So I don't really know or even understand tarot. So I'm, you know, yeah just like that's not my world but what he told me is that he kept pulling the high priestess card mm. over and over in the upright position mm. and the probability of doing it that many times in the same way like his mind was being blown by this and mm. he was like listen you need to become the high priestess and you are yes. not hurt right now. Like yeah. you are, your wings are folded in, mm. like you're in a cocoon. You're just like, your boots are in a swamp. Mm. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, I know I'm having a hard time <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, um, and he said, you need to do this and you're going to do it through writing. Wow. And I see you writing another book. It's going to be totally unrelated to your first book. You're going to find your voice. Like, oh. Wow. It was so amazing. And, um, did he help you know how you were going to do that? Or he just was like, no, he was like, no, he's like, I see it <laughs> happening. I'm, I'm totally jealous. He, he's mm -hmm. like, this is how, you know, 
big it's going to be. And I was like, well, that sounds great. But, uh, <laughs> what about the baby? <laughs> and like, if that's true, yeah. Like what, tell me what this thing is going to be. And, and right. he said, um, I mean, like powerful things, like it's going to further the ideology in your field. Mm-hmm. And like, as though I'm going to be some leading edge thinker. And I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. sounds good. And um, what happened was I didn't know what that meant or how on earth it could possibly manifest, um, but it felt true. Mm. I believed it. Like it felt, it just felt like a calling that mm. look at it's going to make me emotional. Now it felt yeah. like a calling that he was speaking to mm. this, this thing primarily about finding a voice that was, well, he voice. was seeing like, he was seeing who you are in ER that you weren't able to be in touch yes. with. Yes. 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 Yeah. And so one week later I'm driving my car and it's the me too time. And I'm listening to the Harvey Weinstein story and there's a clip of him talking to this woman and I need to hear it. And so I pull my car over to hear this clip Hmm. and the sound of Harvey Weinstein's voice full of disgust and manipulation I said, that's my stepdad. That's my stepdad. And it really triggered me. I started driving again, but this is where my trauma therapist uh, information helped me because I started orienting to the environment and the steering wheel in my hands. And I changed the station to something I could sing with and just orienting and grounding and Mm -hmm. it coming back into my body. And right after that, this poem emerged in a way that I don't write poetry, nothing like this had ever happened. And I grabbed my phone because I knew it was coming down and it was going to be gone as quickly as it came. Mm. I'd never done this before. I'm like, oh, a voice memo. And I'm driving and I just start (laughs) dictating to myself like this thing that became the map, the scaffolding of the story that I needed to tell. And I felt powerful, but I was like, I don't know what to do with it. And then a week after that, and then this happened for years, I would be woken up at three in the morning, four in the morning, and my son is sleeping and my husband is sleeping. And I would tiptoe out to my living room and open my computer and just pages and pages of my own story started coming onto the page like I couldn't stop I mean it was like haunting me I'd be in the shower and that same thing would happen and I'd have to grab my phone through the shower and start dictating again because it's coming so quickly or walking into the grocery store like it was just it felt so sort of manic that I was like what is happening but I trusted that it was a part of this thing Mm. that the psychic had told me and so initially all of these stories they were like essays and it was like why am I writing like about my first marriage, you know, this dysfunctional relationship. And now I'm talking about like imposter syndrome and, oh God, here's one about shame. Like, Mm -hmm. and at first I thought, oh, maybe I'm writing about what it means to be a flawed therapist. Like Mm -hmm. y'all kind of put us up on this pedestal as though we have all the answers and Mm -hmm. I have training and information and intuition. There's a lot of things that I have, but what I don't have is it all buttoned up and figured out in my own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting to me. Maybe that's what this is about. 
But the more I kept writing, I kept circling around what I now know were my classic symptoms of complex PTSD mm. that I had never, with all this information, been able to put together because once it was in black and white and I saw them sitting next to one another, I started to finally see that I knew that I had childhood trauma, sort of quote unquote, mm -hmm. but what I never knew is that I had PTSD because what I experienced wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. mm, right. <laughs> the minimization mm -hmm. based on, in part, growing up with a narcissist who did all the gaslighting and manipulation. And then when I finally sort of blew the whistle on my family, I called social services when I was 16. Mm -hmm. I tried to get us help. I tried to make things right. And it made things worse. Mm -hmm. Like help wasn't coming. And my mom said, Ingrid, I believe that you believe that all of those things happened, but I don't believe that they did. Mm -hmm. um, was she saying denying your reality from her own hands or? Or from from her husband. From so husband. basically the other thing I sort of always knew, but I didn't know, know in my body yeah. that I know now is that my stepdad was grooming me to be his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Oof. Mm -hmm. And the big piece of that story is that when my mom was out of town to be with her dying father, he lied to everyone and said, he's going out of town on business or he's going on a boy's weekend. But what he did is he picked me up from school and took me to Las Vegas mm and dressed me up and made me hold his hand everywhere we went because I'm not 18 and he could get in trouble and I could get kicked out. Oh. And, um, anyway, there's a whole lot to that story, but I never knew, even with this head of information, mm. all of this insight and how much had I talked about this story? My whole entire life, I've talked yeah. about this particular story, but yeah. what that never touched into was the way that my body was holding that trauma and yeah. impacting every area of my life Yeah, for decades. Uh, wow. So do you, I have so many questions, but yeah. well, one question is, do you think it didn't get in the body, not to disparage you know, therapy. I mean, I love therapy, but do you think it didn't get in there before because it, you were talking and you weren't processing it through your body, through your, I think for, that's a perfect question. And I think that, yes, that is part of the answer is that what we know now about trauma is that it lives in the nervous system. Right. And when you are traumatized, this part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, where you can have logical, rational, present moment, thinking goes offline. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of talk therapy, what you're using is this part of the brain, which was mm -hmm. offline when the trauma happened. Mm -hmm. And so they are not connected. And in fact, just talking about it over and over and over can really re-traumatize a person mm -hmm. not getting into the body where this thing lives. That's so fascinating to me too, because it's yeah. also in, for me as an energy worker, like it's also in the energy body. I mean, the energy body and the nervous system are connected. So it's yeah. in both. I want to say that I really relate to this because 
I had a similar situation where, um, my stepdad, it, it, like, I realized later that it was so much of what happened was not physical, like that the, the abuse was like that, this, what's that? Psychological abuse. Yeah. Like it was a dynamic that I could sense that was, and so so we can like, it sounds like you did this and I did this also like be like, well, some people were raped by their stepdad. I wasn't. Oh yeah. That's right. I, oh, I, yeah. I said that a million times, but I wasn't raped. Yeah. Like yeah. he got us a king bed right? And, and there were mirrors on the ceiling, but he didn't try to force me to have sex as though all of my fear on the yes. plane. And what do you mean? My mom doesn't know. And now I have to hold your hand and this doesn't feel right. And why do I have to lie to my brothers as though none of that counted? Yeah. Right? And of course, like, uh, like for me, it was like, I didn't want to think, I, I mean, I could sense. like looking back, I 100% yes. sensed it, but I didn't want to think it was happening. No. So there's just so many yeah. layers of, and even like that taking back sorry I was just gonna say taking that side out like the even sexual component out of it like with me and my mom all the narcissistic abuse I suffered from her none of that was physical I mean it was all so there I didn't even know why oh, I'm getting emotional now too like uh, boy my emotions are so much at the surface right now um Sorry. No apology. I was just going to say, I didn't even know why I hated myself. That's right. You know, because there wasn't, like, she wouldn't admit to it. That's right. And I think that's why when I found her diaries when she died and it was all there, I was so Mm -hmm. happy (laughs) because I was like, it's, oh my God, I knew it. And I, nobody was telling. Yeah. Yes. And so that's the thing about narcissistic abuse. Most of the time, sometimes it's physical abuse, but a lot of the time it's this hidden thing. And that's the piece that's so confusing. And it's part of what kept me sort of, you know, like I always knew that he was an asshole, if I can say that. Like I knew that he was was a sick person. Yes. Um, Yes. I knew what was wrong. I knew, I knew a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know how narcissistic abuse can really affect us. And so you, you know, you asked that other question about um, like, why didn't it sort of get recognized? I think the other piece of that, that is also true is that complex PTSD, which is born of childhood trauma of pervasive developmental trauma. We are really only starting as a field to really recognize and understand what that means. Mm. And so in the diagnostic statistical manual in the United States, which is our Bible of diagnoses, there is no complex PTSD diagnosis. They only just added that to the international classification of diseases in 2019. Mm. So of course they've been talking about these things longer, but I don't know that I've ever been to a therapist because I didn't know I didn't know I needed to look for a therapist that right. specialized in narcissistic abuse and in complex trauma. Mm-hmm. I just right. went to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they honestly didn't have personal experience in those things, that no one ever looked back at me and said, Ingrid, it sounds like your stepdad was a classic narcissist. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
wow, like they could pinpoint my addiction. They could pinpoint my symptoms. So we were talking right. about those things, right. but then it was a whack-a-mole game of like, okay, here's my addiction. Oh, here's my anxiety. Oh, I need some shame and some self-esteem and some Brene Brown and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done it all. I've done the yoga retreats. I've done all of the things. And yet I am still full of shame when I walk into a fancy grocery store and I know that you know that I don't really belong in here. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotional flashbacks, I never had that language. Mm. I thought flashbacks were only those very visual, very wow. auditory, very specific events like you see in the movies. Can you explain that? What is an emotional flashback? So for <laughs> me, the biggest one that... Um, comes up all the time to be honest is yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble we were literally yeah. just talking about this on the yeah. podcast right yeah, before I was wondering if that was an emotional flashback oh. an emotional flashback yes yeah so I'm gonna I- get in trouble or I also I was just telling Tess like up until a couple months ago when I like the inner child work that I'm doing, like went to a different level with it. I wake up, I would wake up every morning with this feeling of shame, just like I am bad. I am shameful. And I don't know why I can't figure it out. Well, shame is one of the core features of complex PTSD mm-hmm. that is not a part of classic PTSD, uh-huh. car accident or, you know, like a life and death experience where you have that kind of trauma. But with complex trauma, shame is one of the additional symptoms in terms of the criteria to be met. So emotional flashbacks then are when you just feel that feeling and you don't know why. And it's like, oh my God. And it feels so real and you can't sort of tease it apart from the current circumstance. So, you know. I don't, it's not like I'm flashing back to a particular memory where I was right. either on lockdown and grounded for months at a time. Cause that happened or that I would be given the silent treatment out of nowhere. Like one day you're taken to Vegas, the next you don't exist in this home, yes. not even going to look in your direction. Yeah. But those things just live in my body as a reality Ooh. of the unpredictability of this can happen any moment. Mm-hmm. And so yes. in the world and that thing gets triggered, I feel like, oh God, it's happening again. Mm-hmm. And I start trying to fix it by like looking at the circumstances, like, well, I'm not really going to like, how much power do they have over me? Am I, but I'm sitting there trying to fix it as though I'm genuinely going to get in trouble as though I don't have the agency of a 47 year old woman. Right. Yep care of herself. And it can take a while to kind of get out of that energetic flashback of it. Um, But now that I have that language, see, I've always known, again, it's interesting. I've always known some of these things, but it was through a different lens. Like there's that saying, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And you go, oh yeah, if it's a big feeling, chances are it might be related to something in my past. But Mm. that's First of all, that feels a little shaming to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do we have to say, you know, hysterical? Right. Um, <laughs> and it didn't, for whatever reason, sort of help me discern in the moment where I'm going, oh no, this is a specific thing that I know is tied to my past about getting in trouble. And if I can catch myself even thinking that, now I can go, oh wait, I think this is an emotion. This is, you know, 
some people now are using the language of perception in trauma. And I mm -hmm. think it's brilliant because that's what it is in that moment. My perception is that this is real. It's happening again. Mm -hmm. And I'm terrified. But also, what if you don't even know what the thing is? Like, that's the thing. That's this right. is why I think, like, for me, this inner child work or parts work is so helpful because it's it really is you. You don't have to know the exact moment or what you're right. working with exactly. You just have to work with the part of you that feels that way. Right. But it is I just love I just love all of it. Cause it's like so many pieces, you know, like inner child work alone didn't help me energy healing alone didn't help me regular therapy alone, but like all the different pieces help. And like, just hearing that word emotional flashback makes me emotional, uh -huh. but it like, it's like, Oh wow. If now that I have that term, it helps my inner child part to know even more. It's not there isn't anything you're doing wrong. That's it's like, right. that's a flashback. It's that's right. Right. <laughs> your experience is so common for people with complex trauma which is similar to mine it's why I started by saying I'd been to therapy and I was sober and I got these degrees and now I'm a private practice therapist yeah I had the trauma training and it's still yeah we, we need the pieces that we need and usually yes. it's many so I don't want to disparage all those things that I did I think they've been very oh. helpful they've given me something but they didn't unlock the truth mm -hmm. but yes. once the truth was unlocked and so then I had so I'll just go back to the the writing just really quickly that once I had all of these kind of symptom things I did not want to write about my stepdad y'all I did not want to write a book oh. about childhood trauma like please I don't want to do this mm -hmm. and yet I was circling in closer and closer to the heart of all of it and mm -hmm. it just got to a point where I was like oh god I can't not go there yeah. And by going there, I got willing to pick up the phone and have conversations with people that I've either never had mm. or that I haven't talked to about this stuff in 30 years. I called social services in Aspen, Colorado. I tried mm. to track down the family therapist that we were mandated to. I hit a lot of dead ends, mm. but I called my stepbrother's mom, who was my stepdad's second wife. Mm. And she told me, my story that how my mm. stepdad groomed her when she mm. was 15 mm. and he took her to Mexico unannounced instead of taking her to school he picked her up he drove her to Mexico and they got married on her 16th birthday oh and so suddenly I'm like I didn't really make it all up. Mm -mm. My intuition was right. It was yeah. so right that he was literally carrying out step by step. Once again, the only yeah. difference is that now he was married to the person's mom yeah. while doing it. And it just freed me of like, yeah. I can trust myself. And yeah. here's the thing that I know now, because I wasn't sure if I could trust myself about what happened, it generalized to me, not being able to really trust myself with anything. Right. Yeah. That happens for a lot of people. They don't, if you don't trust a little, it just adds up and up and up so that then sometimes I have to, you know, tell people, I say this lovingly, but like, just start with what you want for breakfast, start with, you know, to start trusting yourself in tiny little ways, because yeah, especially with these huge things, right. 
if you've been told it's not true, it's not true, it's not true, then you're like, oh, my truth isn't true. I don't know my truth then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You disconnect right. from it. Yeah, yeah, I had a similar, that was the last time I saw my mom was we, we went to a therapist together who we both loved and worked with in the past. And he, uh, he really just validated me. Like, I was like, this is how I feel. And he was like, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And I still, I like have to, sometimes I still even, I, I remember, oh yeah. Yeah. He, he validated that, that, that really, he saw that, you know? Yes. You need validation when you've been gaslit. I remember my first therapist was like, it sounds like she wasn't very like emotionally connected. She said it's very like intellectually, you know, cerebrally, but she was like, it sounds like your mother loves you only conditionally. And I was like, what? No, I don't know. And then I talked to my mom and I was like, the therapist said this. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I explained why the reason. And she was like, well, I guess I do love you conditionally. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, and I was really sad, but at least it was like, okay. I mean, I started bawling, but I was like, well, now there's a piece of truth. Hmm. You know, sometimes the truth is, um, I hate to, I swear I could talk to you for another two hours, this is but fascinating. Um, totally engrossing. Uh, like I want you back already, but can you, um, I guess one thing I do want you to say is, is there any sh- like concise way to explain what PTSD is like how you could know or see PTSD complex? Yes. PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because this is, this is always uh, where it's not my strong suit just to rattle off like, but I'm happy to look it up. Do you want me to share it with, since it's people will be listening? What the well, symptoms are? Yeah. Or yeah. You mean what the symptoms are? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah. 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 What, what the criteria is to meet. Yes. Or yeah. yeah or like warning signs or just sim- yeah, symptoms. Yeah. Um, I wrote a piece about it for psychology today. Um, oh, okay. Well, but, yeah. Um, I was going to say, maybe they can just look it up there. Cause I am curious, like if you noticed your own symptoms, like, or you could even tell us like your own symptoms and then they can read your piece too. Well, I noticed them as separate things, which okay. was a piece of it. And one, one of the um, criteria for PTSD is also an experience of flashbacks. And so part of me was like, well, I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have emotional flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, who's amazing on this topic is Pete Walker. And he okay. has an amazing library of resource online. That's all free. And he's also written a book, but he through figuring out his own complex trauma and writing about it. I just, the gift that he's given to us with Mm. the work that he's done on himself and to be able to give that back to us, I would definitely. um, Is he on, is he on Instagram too? You know what? I don't think he is. He just has a website and he's published a lot of essays and. Okay. um, So, so let's see. So complex PTSD shares this criteria with PTSD re-experiencing the traumatic event and that could be through nightmares unwanted memories or flashbacks avoidance of the trauma reminders so people places things feelings thoughts Mm -hmm. 
and a persistent sense of current threat. So that kind of hypervigilance, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm always like kind of going, when's the shoe going to drop and that sort of. Yeah. I was literally just saying that. I think (laughs) also for people who have experienced it in the way that we have, um, it can also just be like in friendships or relationships where it's like somebody doesn't text you back and you're like, well, why does that trigger me? So why yeah. am I, it's like that kind of thing. It can oh, be, when you're like, like, it seems like it's disproportionate. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. why am I worried? Why am I worried about somebody? Like, I don't know. I I said my needs and then they took a pause and all of a sudden they feel scared. Yes, that is that. And so then complex trauma extends beyond those core features to include affect dysregulation. So that means I, so sort of what you're talking about, like they didn't text me back and now I'm like, I'm having all this anxiety and I don't yes. know how to manage it. And I'm trying to manage it through the relationship, but that doesn't seem right. Now they're mad at me and I'm too much, right? That's that thing. Mm-hmm. A negative self-concept. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason that I thought I was stupid and that I didn't think I could even finish my undergraduate degree. Right. And there's a reason that I couldn't trust myself. And maybe I am the selfish person that they said that I was, mm-hmm. um, and then disturbances in relationships. Mm-hmm. So how many narcissists and unavailable and cheating, lying people did I have to date? Oh, and by yeah. the way, I never broke up with any of them mm. all the way from my first boyfriend in like fifth grade. Mm. I stayed <laughs> and I that hope narcissist. you're going to see that I'm worthy and I'm going to help you get better mm. so that you yeah. that I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. And I never yeah. left any of them until I left my first mm. husband. And that changed my life too, mm. because I finally said, I'm not going to wait for you to see my worth. I'm going to just see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take care of me. So the relationship piece is, a, is also a big part of the complex PTSD diagnosis, like this repetitive, this history, like why why am I in like this other, another toxic relationship? I was like, is my picker so broken? And I, I really, I went to therapy and I talked about this stuff and I wanted to be better. But the, the thing for me that I kept feeling was like, but I can't change my chemistry. I can't change who I'm attracted to. This is my chemistry. And Mm -hmm. so I just hoped that eventually my chemistry would like connect with sort of a healthy, available person. But what I know now with childhood trauma and with narcissistic abuse, with complex trauma, a lot of us are wired for trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a physiological rewiring of our nervous system Mm -hmm. to confuse intermittent reinforcement of I'm going to see you today. I'm not going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to love you today, but it's that conditional Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that sort of adrenaline, that constant cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We confuse that for love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also it feels like home. It feels feels like like what you're used to. And yeah. Wow. All right. We really do have to end this. Unfortunately, um, real quick. Do you happen to know what your sun sign, moon sign and rising sign are? We should have prepared you. What is your, (laughs) do you know what your sun sign is? Is that your main? um, Yeah, that's your main. Mm -hmm. I'm a Virgo. Oh, you're a Virgo. Me too. Ah. Well, (laughs) later I may have to get your 
your vitals <laughs> and <laughs> figure out what it is because I'm and, very curious. And where can people find you? Well, I have been having a ton of fun on Instagram, which is how we met Natasha. Um, yeah. I'm posting a lot of stuff related to all of this, and I'm trying to do it in a way where not only am I having a voice around it, but I'm trying to do it in a playful, fun, engaging yeah. way. That's not Lots too of heavy. fun reels. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Join that community there. I think it's fantastic. And I'm at Ingrid Clayton, PhD. I'm on Facebook. You can look at my website. What um, about your book? Um, so my first book you can find on Amazon, it's recovering spirituality. If you're interested in spiritual bypass, my second book is still a work in progress. So oh, okay, great. I don't know when it's coming, how it's coming. Um, if it'll come, maybe I just keep talking about it and this is how it lives in the world. I'm just trying to trust that process and let it go where it's meant to go. I hope, yeah. I hope I can read it. Yeah. Sounds great. I bet you will. It's going to come. I feel it. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see. Yeah. So thank you both for having me. I feel like I was just a motor mouth, but I was looking. No, that's the to... point. That's yeah. That's what we do podcast. here. We talk. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> we loved it. Thank you so okay, much. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. We hope you loved that. We don't know what happened. So if we don't mention it in the further parts of our show, it's because we recorded it after this. Yep. So now it is time for the energy report. Ah. I tried to make it holiday-like. Yeah, I felt it. I saw it on your face. Okay. It's like I could hear like the jingle bells in the background. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, as I mentioned last, as I mentioned last week, um, was just pure Scorpio stuff, which is bringing up all the gunk at the bottom that's ready to get cleared out, even though it maybe doesn't feel good. It maybe feels shameful, like shame or feelings that you've been wanting to avoid. But as I'm talking right now, there are leaves just fall, that have that are getting blown away by the wind, just um. blowing by my window. Ugh, I love this view. Anyway, um, so this coming week, what it is, you know, still very much Scorpio situations going in. Um, but I am feeling a more allowance for the light. Like if you have been clearing out the gunk, I'm feeling more like, oh, here's some light too. So I wanted to share this um, technique for everybody that one thing I was when last week when I was going through all the stuff of like basically being very aware of this pattern that I learned from my family that um, I'm bad, right? And like, there's a, there's something wrong. I realized that like, as I put myself in that pattern that I was trying, I was, you know, went back in the past and I was looking at it and I realized like, oh, everybody in this family and this family system is all adhering to these rules. And me saying like, wait a minute, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right for me. It's, it did not get reflected back to me in that family. You know, so as now that I I got subconsciously programmed and then now I'm an adult and I'm still feeling some of that stuff that I haven't cleared out. So one thing that I did that seems to really be helping 
is I got very clear about, well, what do I know to be true? Which is when I feel into it and I like, I'm fill up with light and I'm with, you know, like I feel my wonderful guides that love me. And I'm like, oh, I feel to be true. Like, that I am a worthy person, like that my soul is full of light, that I have a lot to offer, that, you know, I I am a magical being. Yeah. And so what I did was I imagined a cord from my crown chakra um, going up to this ball. I saw it, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw it as like a sparkly ball of light that had the information about how what I who I really am what I really am and all of my highest belief systems and then I just took that cord and I plugged it into that belief system Mm. and then I allow in I see it as sparkly light coming down into my crown chakra I, I can feel my crown chakra buzzing when I do this coming down in there and giving me that information like letting that really go through my system yeah. And so then when I think about like, and this isn't spiritual bypassing, you know, this isn't like, I'm not going to think about the shame. It's right. like, no, I love myself. I bring that part that feels ashamed into my heart and I let her be there and I give her love and I feel it. But if I'm going into the mindset of like, oh, but what if I am, you know, like, but wait a minute, sh- could she really have been wrong yeah, I go, I go, okay, hold on a second. And then I plug into that and I feel like, oh, yes, that mindset, that like my true essence, I'm going to feel into that. Oh, I love this. So I hope that helps for everybody to just see this magical, and it can be anything. It can be empowerment. It can be like whatever it is that you're working with that you are reprogramming into what, yeah, yeah you really are. That is so helpful when oh, it's stuff that comes up when, you know, like like I was talking about with jealousy with Ted when I, when I like go into, yes. oh, why am I such a bad person that I would make Ted feel jealous when really, like it's when I feel jealous, thing. he's like, oh, you feel jealous. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't take it personally at all. He like feels yeah. ha- a little happy about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that I could be like, wait, is that? was this really, did I really do something wrong? Is that, am I really, or am I really a bad sister or a bad aunt or a bad daughter? You know, like, no, not, and that doesn't need to still, and I, I always love that vertical perspective. Yeah. That that really shifts that. I mean, that's what I feel like when, why I like to work with angels too, because it Mm. like just takes me out of that not that there's anything wrong with the horizontal yeah. <laughs> plane of existence where other humans are, but that yeah. like it really can help <laughs> shift and help you see the big picture. And yeah, you know, especially you, you energy is real, you know, and so you're bringing that energy in. You can't see it, but you really are. I mean, you could say that technically what happened in the past isn't real anymore either because it isn't Mm -hmm. but you feel it as being real Mm -hmm. but what if you didn't what if you felt Mm -hmm. what was real was plugging into your true essence so Mm -hmm. try that out this week if you're having a hard time i love that so much great okay so now it's time for practical magic 
So that actually, that um, exercise is also perfect because I'm thinking of the full moon. There's a full moon this week. Oh, I forgot. It's on uh, Friday morning, but Thursday night would be maybe the time to celebrate it, to to observe it. Mm -hmm. It's on the 19th, technically, but the 18th, evening of the 18th, and it's a lunar eclipse also. So, um, so my suggestion, I was going to read this from my 2021, your most magical year yet planner. Mm -hmm. The full moon on November 19th comes along with a lunar eclipse because the full moon occurs in the early morning hours. It may make more sense to observe the full moon on the evening of the 18th to do so light a black candle on your altar or outside if the weather permits center yourself and breathe deeply focus on your financial goals Mm. it's thursday night day of expansion and prosperity focus on your financial goals as you visualize earning and receiving all the money you desire and also allow yourself to sense and know if there are any fears worries or anxieties that come up along with these inner visions For example, even though most of us would say we want to manifest a lot of money, we we may also, if we look deeply, perceive that we have a fear of the responsibility that comes along with increased financial flow. Or perhaps we worry that we won't be accepted for who we are or that we will become unhappy or stressed if we are rich. The lunar eclipse allows us to look at these shadow aspects with love and acceptance so we can in turn release them and open up to our most ideal financial flow. So look at your fears and worries clearly, feel them fully, and then ask yourself if you can let them go. Feel the dark color of the candle neutralizing any old power those fears had over you and then sense the brightness of the candle filling your aura and infusing you with wholeness well-being and wealth i love it yeah so again it's like what are the fears what are the anxieties and let's shift that let's tune into what we want to create or how we want to feel you could do it with something other than finances if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting when you, Natasha, were saying tune into this sparkly ball of light. I'm realizing that I I was like, why do I keep picturing it as like like a, a black light with oh. rainbow sparkles in it? Ooh. Kind of like a dark current. Okay. And I think I feel like maybe it's that eclipse energy, that oh. shadow energy, and then the transmutations like Scorpio season eclipse kind of like going into what are the shadow aspects and how can we illuminate them and transmute them yeah I, that makes sense because it's definitely eclipse season and it's scorpio season so that makes right, a lot both. of sense yeah, yeah it's definitely a mix this week for sure mm-hmm. and the more you can support yourself i'm telling myself the easier you'll navigate it the more you know you're safe you're safe. Everything's, that's the bottom line. And yeah, and you go through different feelings. Sometimes you feel ashamed or worried or um, have fears that come up that you don't even understand. And mm-hmm. Or sometimes you feel bored or disconnected. I mean, mm-hmm. these are just normal things Yes. about being a human. It doesn't mean you're going to be in that forever. No. It just means it's there right now. I do think safety, as I talk about that, like when you don't feel safe, it really takes everything off center. So it makes it harder to feel your feelings. Right. So if you know you're safe, then you can be like, okay, whatever's coming, I got this. Yes. So if you're not feeling safe, breathe some light into that first chakra, which is your 
um, grounding, it's your security, stability, um, and also just really love on that part that's not feeling safe. Like, just give that part the most attention. It's angel work for me. I just, like, angels are, they are the ones that when I don't feel safe, I call in angels. Also, every day, all the time, I call in angels. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> when I don't feel safe, that's really my go-to because it, that talk about that vertical, shifting into that vertical, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to be the person, like, constantly making sure I am personally safe because I can access divine light that knows yes. perfectly how to keep me safe. Asking for help is great. Yes. It's so important. And also supporting your inner child because it's if you're not feeling safe, that means that you're probably merged with a child part oh, that yeah. needs your yeah. inner parent to love on it and know that it's there. Yeah, so sit there with your child on your lap and yeah. give her a hug. Yeah, or whatever she needs. Whatever she needs. Cupcake for every meal. Mm, perfect. <laughs> um, okay, well, before we pick our card for the week... We will let you know that you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com on Magic Monday, Magic Monday Pod on Facebook, Magic Monday Podcast listeners. There's a little group over there. Uh, Magic Monday Podcast on Instagram. You can sign up for our newsletter at Magic Monday Podcast. Tess sends one out once a week with the cards and pictures of the cards. And do you do show notes on there or no? Just link to it. Well, I link to the show notes. Yeah. Um, and I send one out once a month and uh, that's it you can ask this question on there and you can find me at highestlighthealing.com and on Instagram and I guess Facebook I don't do anything there you I guess. Just, well I share from Instagram onto Facebook when it works and you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com. That's where you can sign up for my newsletter and find a bunch of free resources, guided meditation, spells, rituals, inspiration. And you can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. Okay, this week I'm going to be reading from the Wanderer's Tarot. Are we going to have the creator of this deck on our show? I believe we have her scheduled. For January, maybe? Uh, that's probably right. I don't have my calendar yeah. nearby, but okay. I, think, I think, or maybe February, one of the two. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, we got this deck. I mean, I got this deck, um, and uh, I love it. It's a very cool deck. It's kind of dark um, in a good way. So I'm going to pick like a card Scorpio. from there. Oh, yeah. I'm picking a card from there. Full disclosures. I'm no tarot reader, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> what we get. And what are you picking from? I'm drawing from my Magic of Flowers Oracle again. And I actually drew a card already. And it's Snapdragon, which is a cert. I'm feeling really great about this. This is about speaking your truth. So it could be speaking about an unpopular opinion or it could be speaking about something that, you know, you need to calmly say to someone you love. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a boundary. So I want to read this paragraph. Actually, it's standing out to me to read. Ultimately, asserting your truth is a boundary issue. For example, you might relax and envision a vibrantly colored circle or sphere around yourself. 
Within this circle, be aware of what is true for you and what your truest and most authentic voice wants you to say in this situation. Do not allow anyone else's thoughts or expectations to color your feelings and convictions. Then when you are ready to assert your feelings, come from what is inside your circle. Be kind, but assert your truth thoroughly and without making up stories about what you should say or what others may want to hear. Try to remember to speak words that begin with you and your current environment, such as I feel, or it's important to me that, or I'm going to move on because I. Love that. It's very similar to last week. Um, what you I know. Yeah, right? it's yeah. like this is a theme here mm-hmm. is boundaries with relationships and um, kind of like clearing the air. Yeah. Makes me nervous, but here we are. Oh, I love it. Mm. And you know what? I didn't talk about that. I feel like I have been doing that with my brother. Well, we've just been talking about our different perspectives, and it's been great. We've been aligning. We've been like, oh, we don't agree on everything, but we love each other. It's been good. That's really good. I do not have that relationship. I know. With my family. Okay. So I picked the Empress Reversed. Oh. And when I look at this card, which is a very different rendering of the Empress, um, I what I really got actually was what I was talking about before I picked the cards, which is grounding into your own sense of safety. Yeah. And coming in, and especially in like a motherly, loving kind of way, like oh, really right. showing up for yourself in that motherly, like it looks in this card my feeling when I tune into it is feeling like things are coming apart a <laughs> like uh, like your safety's coming apart like uh, I don't know what like things are coming ungrounded um, and a sense a lack of safety just what I was talking about so of inner safety and so really showing up with that like okay fierce mama bear energy for yourself Mm-hmm. And grounding, grounding, grounding into that. So like feeding, I just got this image of like feeding yourself good food, mm-hmm. nourishing yourself, maybe taking baths, whatever you have to do to really show up with this loving energy. So this little inner child part knows like, oh, wait a minute, she's not in this alone or they're not in this alone. You've got it and you're going to care for her then. This really feels like the um, Taurus full moon eclipse mm-hmm. to me. Interesting. It, it, and also, like, when you're talking about that, it's like I'm feeling, like, the ways that that might feel, like, dissolving or mm-hmm. coming apart. It gives yes. you the opportunity to rebuild, like, that alchemy of the Scorpio season. That's a good point because whatever is coming apart is is needs to. You know, it's not just going to come apart for no reason. So allowing that. Transmutation. There's there's magic in that. There you go. All right, everybody. We're sending you our love. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Jesus Christ.